Like, you're not Pat Mahomes. You're not Josh Allen. You're not Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. You are in the bottom third of the league in arm strength. You And some people say he's at the bottom of the in terms of the starting quarterbacks. I don't know if it's that bad, but, like, you can't do that, and yet you keep doing it. So uh, there's a bunch of people to blame, that, you know, that not getting him that big piece on the outside who can just take over a game and look what it's done for the quarterbacks that we that I just mentioned, you know, like what it's done for two or what it's done for Jalen Hurts. But, all right, dude, you got what you got, and you're supposed to be the smart quarterback, but you keep playing stupid football. And so at the end of it, there's a lot of people that contributed to the ruining of Mac Jones, but he is, he's got to be at the top of the list. you got to own it, dude. He's got to own it. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Everybody, welcome into the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any any winning $5 money line bet. And Factor, America's number one ready uh, ready to eat meal kit. Uh, we are pleased to uh, welcome in Mike Giardi. Uh, apologies about uh, the video and or audio. Mike's um, apparently um, Millis is in um, 1960, <laughs> according to uh, uh, with with computer technology. But uh, we're going to try to um, we're going to try to shepherd through this thing. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Man. How are you? Good. Um, so I'm just silencing my phone because I'm afraid to get uh, distracted. Um, let's start off with sort of general thoughts about the Patriots loss to the Colts. Um, you know, again, this was a game that was there to be won for the Patriots. Um, they couldn't make enough plays offensively. I thought defensively they played well enough. Was it perfect? No. Did they let Gardner Minshew run around all over the place and make plays without any real pressure? They didn't sack him once. Um, they didn't do it. You know, they allowed him to do those things. And, and you know, Minshew made Minshew plays. And, um you know, I also thought that the defense had some issues. It just seemed like any time the Patriots offense did anything, uh, the defense would give something up, which which is a theme to the season. But look, this is all about the offense at this point, and it's all about Mac Jones. Um, you know, I, I think to me, Mike, and I don't know how you felt about this, but to me it looked like that whether it was Bill Belichick or Bill O'Brien, they went into this game, you know, they – they think of like Bill, Bill Belichick's, you know, thinks and, and communicates. This is the way that we're going to win this game. And on film, the Colts stink. I don't care what their record is. I don't care what their DVOA is. The defense is okay. I mean, they get after it. DeForest Buckner's great. They're fast, but they're not that good. They're not that good at really, you know, any position. Um, you know, Kenny Moore, the the cornerback, is a good player. DeForest Buckner is a good player. Shaq, Shaq Leonard is a shadow of his former self. Um, it's Gus Bradley's system. It hasn't been updated um, since Mike's computer was. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's so I think that they went into this game. I think that they also acknowledge where Mac Jones was, and he has been playing losing football outside of the fourth quarter against the Bills for basically five or six weeks on end um, since the Dallas game. Has it gotten better every week? Yeah, marginally. It's gotten a little bit better, but it's still not good enough. And I think they basically said to themselves, um, 
play conservative on, on offense. Don't turn the ball over. Make a few plays here and there when you can. But otherwise, the defense is going to win this game for us in special teams. Um, the defense did their job. Special teams and, and the offense did not. And, and it looked to me that they came out with the game plan of um, we're going to be very conservative. I wish they would have run the ball um, a bit more. I know they came out. I think they ran on eight of their first 12 plays. But then that sort of evaporated for a time. And look, you know, five sacks is five sacks. They gave up five sacks and a half to a team that doesn't even rush the passer that well. I mean, it was it was abysmal. It looked like at halftime they came out that Bill Belichick basically told Bill O'Brien, we can't block worth a crap. Just run the crap out of the ball. And that's what they did, and it worked for them. You wonder why they just didn't do that um, from the get-go. And then the fourth quarter, the second half, was about Mac Jones just slowly sort of falling apart. And we'll get into the reasons for that and a little bit more about the plays um, but plays were there to be made to win this game. Mac Jones in the offense, basically Mac Jones didn't make the plays that were there. Um, and they lost, you know, Mike, what were your feelings about the game? That they played uh, scared of their quarterback, you know, that that's to your, to your point, running eight of the first 12 plays and yeah, they got away from it again. And then in the second half, it was just like, I don't trust this guy to do the right thing when there's pressure in his face, which there was pressure in his face. As you said, well, you know, five sacks in the first half is ridiculous, but to get inside the red area and be like, we're just going to hand it off. We're going to hand it off. And then when you finally allow him to make throws, I mean, he makes a God awful throw to Hunter Henry in the end zone that should have been picked off. Um, and maybe Hunter, I don't know your view. Maybe Hunter didn't run the exactly the right route there, but she's got to put quarterbacks got to put it on and he didn't do it. Um, lucky he didn't get picked there. And then obviously the one to Gasicki, which I mean, yeah, Vidarian Lowe is in the process of getting beat, but if you look at the separation, he had probably three yards before that defender was going to stick his helmet into his rib cage. That's more than enough time to execute that play and stand in there and deliver. And it actually reminded me going all the way back to the Dallas game, when I think we saw signs of him being really sped up in that game early on where he had Gasecki, if you remember Gasecki running across the formation in the back of the end zone and Micah Parsons absolutely abused Trent Brown and he's coming. He had five yards on that throw between him and Parsons. And he still threw with this horrible form legs, even on the back foot, like just like falling away and the ball didn't get there. Had he, had he let it clear for another half a second and puts the ball in like he's capable of, it was an easy touchdown. Instead, two defenders are involved. Gasecki, yeah, could have made the catch, didn't make the catch. They don't get a touchdown there. And here, just a brutal, brutal, brutal turnover. The, the kind of stuff that, quite frankly, has been happening all year. You know, like, and, and I think if you... We've, we've studied body language, right? And we've been studying the body language of these players, especially over the last, whatever, four to six weeks. I remember you actually talking about the Saints game and pointing out, you know, Hunter Henry and Trent Brown. And if you look at that play, there's a similar sort of feel like he just did it again. Mm -hmm. He did it again. Like Gasecki's like, I couldn't be more wide open. All you had to do is just put the ball up there. And he didn't even give him a chance. It, it just there are too many times in big spots where he doesn't give them a chance. And that was just the latest example. Uh, you were in on Bill today. Um, 
you know, what do you what do you think about what he said and where do you think things stand right now as far as the team? Have they made a decision or what do you think the timetable is on that? Well, look, so as I reported today on Boston Sports Journal, there he there are players that don't believe that Max should be the starter going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's as we've talked about with this whole breakdown of Mac, right, there's a bunch of reasons why we got here. Lots of people are culpable for why they got here. But the fact of the matter is that they are here. He does not have the belief of most of the people in the room. I I don't believe he has the belief of the coaching staff. Bills did not announce anything today. I, I did. I wouldn't expect him to. Um, it's kind of not how he rolls. Right. But he, he did yep. have an answer at the end of his press conference. And it was probably the best answer he gave because most of it was one, one liners, right. All the way across the board, but he was asked about the idea of playing younger players. And maybe because of the record, this is the time where, you know, the hell with it, just play some of the kids and see what you got. See if there's something there that you haven't seen thus far, you know, and you know, players weren't mentioned specifically, but you know, you could mention like a Jake Andrews or a Marte Mapu, like just sort of get, giving some of those guys increased snaps and see if there is even Taekwon Thornton, if there is something there. And Bill said, I'm going to play the guys who've earned the right to play. And I can't put someone out there that didn't earn that right or puts us in a position where the guys around him, and I'm paraphrasing, can't trust him. And to me, he was talking about Mac Jones without talking about Mac Jones. I think they've gotten to the point now where when they look at Mac, even with the things wrong around him, they say, boy, he, he can't elevate. And in fact, he, he continues to go deeper and deeper into this hole. And I think it would be, look, there's been a lot of bad messages sent to the, to the locker room. I think running him out there next week after the bye against the Giants um, would send a really bad message to the rest of the players. Like, dude has killed us a number of times. How can you go there again? Anybody else? I don't care whether it's Zappy or Greer. Just give me anybody else, and let's see if those guys can't make the killer mistake, and let's just see if maybe we can make some plays just because we got a new energy in the huddle, and I think, you know, I think that's where they've got to be at this point. Who do you think it'll be, Zappy or Greer? See, I, I do think it's still going to be Zappy. I think... I didn't like Belichick's answer Monday about Greer, you know, pointing out that basically he's on the scout team. Um, I think early, the sense I got from talking to people is early when he arrived, that there was some intrigue there. I agree. And now it feels like, right, Greg, it feels like there's mm-hmm. not that there was not that there was buzz about Will Greer, but there was like, oh, well, this this maybe, maybe this is one of those guys that just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But in our system, he might actually have a chance. And now I don't feel like I'm getting the same feedback about Will Greer. Yep. So I feel like it's going to be Bailey. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I know people said I was reporting things, but I wasn't really reporting anything. I was just telling people that, you know, my sense from talking to people in the building, I don't know, this was a month ago, six weeks ago, yep. you know, sort of when Greer first got there and they sort of got a look at him. Like a lot of people in the building were like, oh, we might have something here, a little something here. And there's also... I don't think Zappy has many supporters in that building as like, I mean, obviously he was cut. I think a lot of people think Zappy's not any good 
they didn't want him to be here. If he got claimed by somebody else, they would have been just fine with it when they released him. Um, they sort of reluctantly brought him back here. They didn't have any other options because of the great roster planning that Bill Belichick does on the off- offensive side of the ball. And, you know, I don't know what's transpired in the last month at practice when they've gotten glimpse of, glimpses of him, but I agree with you. I think that, you know, my sense is, and again, this is this is Bill Belichick's call. I mean, so and nobody knows what the hell Bill Belichick's thinking. I mean, you know, Will Greer can have all the support he wants in the building, but if one man uh, wants to see Zappy, or if Joe Judge is in Bill's ear saying like, you know, Zappy's a soldier, he'll do exactly what we want, and like all this <laughs> stuff, that might be enough to to put Zappy yeah. in. And what's the harm? I mean, there are seven games left. If Zappy stinks up the building, which he has since the beginning of this offseason, then you can put Greer in later. Plus, he gets to learn the playbook. I I wouldn't be surprised if if Mac is just straight out inactive as the third quarterback come the Giants game. Because to me, he just the, the state he was in that final pass, he's completely shot. I mean, it's yep. just been a it's been a descent. And and I know there are a lot of people who are like, I've never seen that before. I don't know why Bill Belichick would do that. Look. Mac Jones was done. He with each increasing pass attempt, he was worse and worse to the point where yep. he chucked knoblock that pass. Like <laughs> yeah. he he was done. You couldn't put him back out there. You didn't know whether he was going to throw the ball left, right, center, or backwards at that point. And so I had no problem with the decision to put Zappy in at that point. I don't care. I don't care if it wasn't fair to Zappy. That's the role of the backup. Um, you know, if Mac Jones got hurt on that pass, Zappy's got to go in. That's his job. That's the way that it is. You got to be ready to do your thing. Um, real quick, yeah, that, that, hey, Greg, the, the fair thing is the dumbest thing ever. That, it's a perfectly illustrated point. Fair? I just being the backup quarterback is not fair. You have to be ready at a moment's notice. It's why we used to give credit for Bill right in the preseason when, in the yep. middle of a series, all of a sudden Brian Hoyer would have to come in. You know, with totally cold, not having any idea that you're going to enter the game. That's your job. That is the very definition of your job. You have to be ready to be instant, uh, instantly plugged into the game and provide instant offense when you're plugged into the game. You got to be Vinny Johnson for the Detroit Pistons. You got to be microwave coming off the bench. That's that's the role of the job. And um, yeah, he, I don't I have no sympathy there that that he was put in a rough situation. Yeah. Um, real quick. Um Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson, um, what the hell is going on there? And why the hell is J.C. Jackson still here? I mean, after somebody reported that he didn't even show up to the hotel on Saturday night before the Commanders game, he still is allowed to play. He's still on this team, but Jack Jones is gone. I know you've done some reporting on it. Yeah, look, the, I think that in talking to some people in the building, I think they're as surprised as you are that J.C. is still here. Uh, and maybe that decision is coming. Uh, in fact, I know some people would like it to come because I just don't think that it it um, delivers the message that they want to deliver at this point. Um, and for, as far as Jack goes, you know, when when they sat down, Jack, and we saw it on the sidelines against Washington, where he's you know sitting on the bench, removed from the team, not not participating at all. It's actually sitting next to Chad Ryland. Um, why is he giving him kicking advice at this point? Like. <laughs> And then, you know, he comes in and he played, I think he played, what, 30 snaps in the game against Washington. And he, he was fine in the Washington game. I don't think it was it was terrible. I think, you know, he made some some mental and physical errors against Miami that sort of maybe led to him 
getting the sense that you weren't going to play as much coming into Washington, which then may have contributed to the fact that, well, I don't need, you know, whatever. I'll show up when I show up. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think they had hoped in benching him and then giving him an opportunity to play that he would look, we've given you chances. We continue to support you through a, a, a bunch of different things. We're the ones who drafted you despite many teams taking him off the board because of character concerns. And we know about the off field stuff that he's had prior um, to coming here in new England. And then you have what happened this summer. And they, again, they stood by him. I think you wrote at the time, like, what, what are we like? What are you doing? Like, what, how's he even still here? Like in the old days, he's probably get him out. We don't, we don't even need this distraction, but because they have talent issues in so many places, they felt like, we kind of need him, so let's see what we can do here. I think they hoped that by the benching that he would sort of – it would be another wake-up call, and maybe he's one of those guys that needs consistent wake-up calls. And instead, you know, what I reported was they were telling me it basically he didn't respond the way that they wanted to. He wasn't as engaged in the plan, as engaged with his teammates as he wanted to, and then he sits again to start the game, and he's doing the same thing on the bench again in Germany. And I think they were just like, you know what, dude? That's it. Like, it's hard enough right now to get everybody to row in the right direction. And we've given you chances to sort of get on board and stay with us. And you're, the fact that you think that you're better than that or or you don't need to be there, then then let's let's just do it. You know, like it's as Bill, Bill as Belichick said uh, this morning, you know, it's just time. It was just time. Yeah. What uh, what was interesting, I thought, you know, Bill, I think, mentioned the word talent a couple of times when asked about Jack Jones. I mean, that basically tells you everything that. You know, he had talent, so they kept giving him chances. Um, I think that, uh, you know, my only real complaint about, you know, up until this year was I thought they overdrafted Jack Jones um, a bit um, to take, you know, I think it was it a fourth round pick. I just want to make sure I have that right. Yep. You know, a fourth round pick on a character risk that bad. I mean, that it bounced around colleges that there were, you know. There's the Panda Express. That wasn't that wasn't like a joke, like late night munchies. That was a I don't know if they were armed, but it was certainly a heist. And, you know, with a lookout that took off and then there was a gun incident fight at Arizona State. And, you know, so, look, I understand taking a chance on talent. The the NFL does this all the time. I mean, look at Tyreek Hill. Look at his background. And, and, you know, I understand that. you know, but but once you get them in the program, I mean, the old adage is when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. And he kept telling them repeatedly who he was. He gets suspended at the end of his rookie year. Then he comes. Then he has the gun charges. Then after all that, he comes back, gets disciplined during practice, I think, by Pellegrino, which I'm sure some of the issues in the defensive back room with Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson probably being coached by a lacrosse player um, isn't exactly helping things in terms of keeping them in line. But when Pellegrino disciplines him and he storms off, look, this kid, he's a child and he's not, he's, he's an older young player. I think he's like 25, 26, 27. I mean, look, he, he's a child. He gets, he gets benched because of his own actions. And he sits there with a towel pouting on the bench, the whole game. He's a child. Like he's not a professional. And so he should have been gone any number of times before that. So, you know, thank goodness that's over. I don't really care what he does here. It's just to me, it's a matter of time before J.C. Jackson's gone. I mean, this is 
this is ridiculous. If it's true that he didn't show up at the team hotel, should have they should have been like, pack your bags, don't even come back. I can't believe we're at this this point with this team. But this is what happens when you let talent and you can't draft and and all that stuff. You 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 start to believe in undisciplined talent. Um, I mean, th- think about the JC example, Greg. They practically did a parade when he left and signed with the Chargers. Yep. Like. And I know there were reports at the time that they had offered him some money. It was BS. It was BS, just like the Malcolm Butler offer at the time of, you know, that came out after the Gilmore. Oh, yeah, we offered him the same cash. BS. They were trying to save face and uh, put it on the player. They were thrilled that J.C. went. They had had enough of J.C. Jackson and his way of doing business and the fact that they felt like they couldn't trust him off the field. And there were times they felt like they couldn't trust him on the field. They had to bring him back, right? It was a he knows the system. We're desperate. We'll try it. You know, the the, the Chargers are paying the full freight basically on this thing. It, it, it's we can get him back on the reservation. And it, you know, it took two weeks for him to start to show exactly who, as to your point, exactly who he was again. And now here you are. Some for some reason he's still on the roster, but it's it's got to be coming soon. Let's take a break and we'll get into Mac a little bit more in a second. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. You know what's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now, pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. With chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed Fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. All delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two two minutes. I got to tell you, I'm being honest with you here. They sent me some of these meals. I got to tell you, the most impressive thing was the flavor that's packed into these meals. It's really unbelievable. Everything was delicious. Everything felt fresh, tasted fresh. It was was awesome. I can't can't recommend them enough. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. 
That's code Bedard50 at factormeals.com slash Bedard50 to get 50% off. All you have to do one time, just go there, get 50% off, try them for yourself. I've tried them. I'm telling you they're really good. Go there, factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. Okay, Mike, we're back. Um, Let's talk a little bit. First, I want to talk a little bit about Mac in this game. A few of the plays. Now, I broke on BSJ. I broke down all the sort of critical plays, including the third down sacks. Um, You know, uh, I'm not going to give away everything. Uh, BSJ members get it all, including a detailed uh, analysis of the coaches film of all these plays. But let's get into the second half plays. Um, you know, the, the the play, the third and three play from the Indy 17, 850 left in the third quarter. This is the play where Bill O'Brien went off on Mac Jones. Um, yeah. So the, the way I read this play is I think Bill O'Brien had a perfect play call for this defense. They anticipated uh, cover two by the Colts. That's what they got. Um, I think they ran I, – I don't have the video in front of me. I'm just looking at the still shot that I have on BSJ. But I'm pretty sure they ran play action on this play um, or something like that. Uh, but anyways, the point of the play is you have you have a high-low concept in the middle with Hunter Henry going to the post. Uh, you have Demario Douglas on a low crosser. And then you, you have uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the flat. To me – the quarterback is supposed to read this Henry to Douglas to Stevenson. I mean, you do have Juju and I think booty was the other outside receiver, um, yep. you know, but so to me, this was a perfect play. It was a perfect play called by Bill O'Brien. It gave Mac multiple options and this, and that's the reason why he was so mad because you know, really, when he gets to his top of the drop, basically what he's doing is he's reading the middle linebacker. If the middle linebacker drops with Hunter Henry, sort of in a Tampa two type scenario, then you throw the low crosser yep. to, to Douglas. Uh, if all out, if you don't like it, if it's cloudy, then you just check it down to Ramondre Stevenson. You need three yards for a first down. Just check it down to him. He'd be one on one with a cornerback. You like your matchup with Stevenson there. And what happens on the play is. The linebacker takes a step towards Demario Douglas. And so that should mean a pop pass automatically to Hunter Henry. It's probably a touchdown. Instead, Mac freezes. He doesn't go to the check down. He freezes, feels the rush, sees the rush, takes the, uh, ends up doing that shovel pass to Ramondre Stevenson. Whatever you know, it was. It, yeah, it, it, that was, that was, you know, it, it was there to be made. And, and look, you know, Everybody knows how I feel about quarterback pressure. I can't believe more. No one's mentioning how much pressure Mac was under in this game. If any, on any other team, if the team gave up five sacks in the first half, say it was the Giants and Tommy DeVito, five sacks in the first half, 67, 67% pressure. Everybody would be like the quarterback didn't have a chance, you know, in that game, but still, I'm not absolving Mac Jones. Like I understand all that. I believe in all that. I think, Probably the pressure he's faced in his first three seasons, especially this year, has been the biggest contributor to where he is as a quarterback right now. But I'm sorry, when the play's there, to be an NFL quarterback, you got to gird up and make this play. Now, if they were asking him to throw into a tight window with a guy in his face and he didn't quite make the play, then I then I wouldn't blame him. 
But this play, he had three ready options on it, and he doesn't do it because he reacts to pressure. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the play right now, Greg, so it wasn't play action. It was shotgun, right? Uh, As you mentioned, he does, uh, because of the way the linebacker reacts, the middle backer reacts, all he had to do was pop it over his head to Henry, who's headed towards the post. It's a touchdown. But even that, okay, if you don't see it or you just don't trust yourself to make that throw, he could still go to pop here. As pop starts, because of the way the linebacker dropped and the other linebacker started to squeeze a little bit on Henry, as I'm looking at it here, if he waits another beat, he can throw it to Pop on the crosser, and then Pop's going to be one-on-one with the corner, who's also, by the way, at this point, it looks like he's been beat by Juju, although I think he just sort of released Juju because he, he sees things are starting to break down. Yeah. And then lastly is the the safety option to Ramondre, which is where he ends up going with that whatever. And like I'm thinking in my head, Ramondre was running very well. It's the probably the best he's run all, not even probably, it was yep. the best he's run all year. Like I'm trusting Ramon. I, I, I would actually say, screw it. Just get it to Ramondre real quick. He's going to get the three yards. That's the way he's running. He's physical. He's finishing stuff. He's got good burst. He's making first guys miss a lot. Like whatever the play is designed to, you had, as you said, you had three options and to, to, to not find one and go to the, the third one as late as he did and nearly get it picked off was just another example of what I was talking about at the beginning. Like, he's a he's a mess they're afraid of him and it almost we should call this play but do i want to call this play because i don't know that do i trust him to execute it and by and large most of the time especially here since the dallas game he hasn't been able to do it with any sort of consistency there's there can be zero confidence that he is going to get it done in a big spot i know he has the bills game on his resume great one out of it's the only you get it's the only good game he's played all year. We're 10 games in, and that's that's the only game that you could say, oh, that was a good quarterback game by Mac Jones. The rest of it, there's a quarter here, there's a quarter there. But by and large, it's just it's not good enough. Yeah. The third and five from the Indy five, the incompletion to Hunter Henry, that was almost an interception. Um, to me, I don't think Hunter Henry quite ran the right route. Yeah. Um, but I can't indict him on that. Like if Mac, to me, it looks like on that – Hunter ran and run it ran and out towards the sideline. I think he's supposed to run to the pylon. That would make more sense. I think you invite too much danger um, it, on on Hunter's path. But because the pass, if if Mac threw it to the back pylon and Hunter wasn't there, I would rip Hunter Henry and say it was his fault. But Mac didn't do that. He threw it like behind him. It wasn't even close. It was a horrible throw. It was one of the worst throws I've ever seen him make until the last one. And, you know, to me, if there's any sort of disagreement in Mac's mind about like, all right, is, is Hunter going to run the, to the, to the flag or not? Like there was room there. It just stick your foot in the ground, just drill him. And it's a touchdown. And he didn't do any of those things. So to me, that was a uh, horrendous pass. And of course, you know, we know the last interception that was, that was like Chuck Knobloch, Steve Sachs. Like it, it, it was, it was there. He completely turtled. He felt the pressure. Um, it, it, it's inexcusable. It's unexplainable. Um, I don't care how much pressure you're under. That's a layup anytime. Uh, Mike, what I wanted to ask you. So Mac Jones is where he is at this point. And I think we both agree he's broken. You just wrote on BSJ. It's time for him to sit. I think, I think it's best if he just moves on from here. 
who who do you blame for where Mac Jones is not even finishing his not even three years into the league at this point? There's like I said, I think there's so many people here, Greg, that we can point to. I think obviously the first thing that you think about is, you know, this is the third OC in three years. And to take a quarterback after what was a promising rookie season, not great, but pretty good. Um, and then to turn it over to Patricia and judge and think that you can run some sort of McVay Shanahan thing for two guys that not only have never coached offense, but then certainly haven't coached that kind of offense. Um, you know, that I put that solely on Bill. That was Bill's decision. Uh, and I think it set the quarterback back. Uh, but then I think to myself, I gave Mac a lot of benefit of the doubt last year for his frustration. Like, I didn't think he was wrong to be frustrated with what was going on. I would be too. Like, we had a good thing. I thought it was coming into this great operation. And my first year, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, like I was getting the coaching I wanted. You know, I believed in Bill. Bill believed in me. Certainly, he believed in Josh. And Josh was able to shepherd him through a bunch of different things over the course of that rookie year. But now as you start to look at the picture in hindsight and some of the emotional outbursts and some of the frustration, it makes me, you know, we were talking about the maturity of Jack Jones and, and J.C. Jackson. Mac is not that sort of immature, but there's a level of like poutiness. And I mm -hmm. guess I would. Yeah, it's immaturity that has to come back to him. Like you got to own this more. And then in the offseason, no, you didn't get. AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill, you didn't get that 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 explosive pass weapon, but you got Bill O'Brien. He's trying to do the things that you do well, or that he was told that you did well, the things that highlight your brain. Um, and yet, what's he done for ten weeks? He makes the same stupid mistakes. He's an error repeater at that, and like that's something that for years, like for twenty something years, don't be an error repeater. And Bill Belichick's on his team. You can't do it. If you do it, you're not going to play. We're not doing. He's an error repeater, and it's and it's it's mental, it's physical. Like it's the combo. Like the the throw. The throw is a, a physical. I don't have the arm to throw off my back foot, but it's also mental. Like, dude, set your feet. Like you're supposed to, like, you know, you have to, if you're being honest with yourself, you know what your arm is and what you can do and can't do. And how many times this year has he done something like that? The Dallas game throwing across his body. Like you're not Pat Mahomes. You're not Josh Allen. You're not Joe mm -hmm. Burrow. You are in the bottom third of the league in arm strength. You, and some people say he's at the bottom of the, in terms of the starting quarterbacks. I don't know if it's that bad, but like you can't do that. And yet you keep doing it. So uh, there's a bunch of people to blame. That, you know, that not getting him that big piece on the outside who can just take over a game and look what it's done for the quarterbacks that we that I just mentioned, you know, like what it's done for two or what it's done for Jalen Hurts. But all right, dude, you got what you got and you're supposed to be the smart quarterback, but you keep playing stupid football. And so at the end of it, there's a lot of people that contributed to the ruining of Mac Jones, but he is he's got to be at the top of the list. You got to own it, dude. He's got to own it. Yeah. Um a couple things, um, and, and, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, th there's a there, there is certainly the possibility that Josh McDaniels stage managing Mac Jones like he did in his rookie year, and you know it was all by design. It was all by Josh's design, and I think that basically, like he he was like basically like here's the plan for Mac Jones. You know, we're going to keep it close to the vest as a rookie, and then you know really what they normally do is, and, and this goes for basically anybody in in the Patriots offense or or defense is the more 
you're you prove yourself that you can able be able to handle the more we're going to expand the offense and what we ask you to do and things like that and I think rookie year was step one and um you know it wasn't perfect I mean I do urge people I tweeted out um the highlight the YouTube highlights of Mac Jones's rookie year and go watch some of the plays watch how much he's on his toes watch how much he's on his front foot now there are some hints of the back foot stuff but uh it was a bit different now i will i will also so it's we're never going to get a definitive definitive answer but what we what we do know unequivocally that is that mac Jones mac jones is a completely broken player at this point but you know let's put a let's put the quarterback aside if i told you mike that um first round quarterback x was drafted by x team his first three years in the league, he would have three different play callers, three different systems. He would have uh, worsening pass protection by the year. People forget it wasn't even that great in in 2021. Trent Brown did not have a good year that year. Isaiah Wynn was the left tackle. Like it was, it was not great. Um, his rookie season. It was even worse last year. It's been abominable this year. And and these are all facts. So so three different coaches, bad pass protection where he's getting hit a lot, and um, no improvement of weapons. Um, there was another factor that I was going to illustrate, um, but I forget right now. Um, what chances would you give quarterback X of being successful in this league in those six, in, in those scenarios, you know, through his third season in the, in the league? 5%. It would take yep. a special quarterback to be able to survive that. It's, it's, and you and I have talked about this. I think you continue as, as your column on, on, on Sunday, like it's, it's the manual of how to ruin a quarterback. And this is what, this is the, the organizations that you made fun of as a, the Patriot people in the building made fun of and the fans made fun of. That's what they did. That's what the Jets did. The Dolphins did. The Bills did for all those years, like turning over everything constantly in search of trying to reach your level. They did. They all did that. They all made those mistakes. And now you're the team that has the least amount of stability at that position. And you're the team that's put, uh, what was again a young, promising player, never going to be great, but we thought we'd be good enough to win with. You've you've completely broken him down. Yeah, the other the other factor was I'm going to say a worsening run game as well because the run game's mm-hmm. been non-existent this year. I mean, Mac Jones is a quarterback that needs a, a run game, and and he didn't get that. Uh, let's take a break right here. We'll be back re- with a real quick three up and three down because I got to get to radio. All right, we'll back real quick, um, Mike. My three up from this game, um, I guess I'll group. Well, I'll just Ramondre Stevenson, one. Christian Barmore, two. Um, he was awesome in this game. And by the way, he was awesome against the run, against double teams. This is the first time I've seen it. Like, this is a step forward. I know you wrote about him last week, but this was a step forward with him as far as playing, being an every down player. This was a big game for him against a good line. He was going up against Quentin Nelson, a lot in this game, and he held up against double teams. That was huge for me. And uh, Jelani Tavai played really well. My three down in this game, um, Vidarian Lowe played six snaps and had miscues on three of them. Uh, Connor McDermott, uh, four total pressure, total, four total pressures, including parts of two sacks. 
and a penalty. Uh, Mac Jones, I would. Uh, we've talked about him. Uh, I also want to end Sean Wade, who is just not good at all. Uh, any thoughts on that before we wrap up? Uh, I would. I would. Um, I can't quibble with your your three up at all. Pop maybe again because he continues to be the one guy in the passing game that gives you any signs of hope and life there, you know, and again, it's not perfect. There, there are a few examples of running the wrong routes or maybe not being in the right place. But again, you got to live with that as a rookie and he has become far and away their most important pass catcher. Um, I, I, I mentioned Ramondre. I think Tavai uh, has had, it's kind of had an, like maybe incredible is too strong a word, but like he's not, he's, he's a much better player than I thought he was. I thought he was just a guy and, and maybe he, maybe he's having an out-of-body experience. But boy, it seems to me like week after week, Greg, when I watch Jelani, I go, he's in the middle of it. He's in the middle of it all the time. And he's and he's made big plays here, you know, repeatedly over the course of this season. So um, he he's had a he, he had a he had a very good game on Sunday, and he's had a very good season. Um, I, for me, I would consider, and I know the run blocking was pretty good. City so a couple times in pass protection is just, yep. what, dude, like they're just, the technique is all wrong and he just gets, it's so quick too, you know, and, and that's, that only leads to the sort of the issues that the quarterback is having when, you know, he's, he clearly doesn't trust the guys in front of him. But City had a couple moments in that game where I was just like, my God, dude, did you close your eyes before you went to go make that block? Because you barely got a piece of the, of the pass rusher. So, um, but, but all in all, I can't, uh, can't disagree or, or pull any other names out of the hat there. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and Factor, America's number one ready to meet, uh, ready to eat meal kit. I hope it would include meat. I need meat. <laughs> uh, Mike, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I got to run, but uh, good to have you on here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Don't take no crap from Felger. All right. 